This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. Hello, my dear friend. Welcome once again to your program, Heart of the Church. We are so glad and happy to have you in the studio to study with on the themes we are dealing. We'll be looking at interpreting scripture all this season. And today we're looking at how to deal with difficulties that is scripturally and prayerfully. I am Emmanuel Laie, your host, and I'm here with our friends who help us do this uh, justice to this topic. Gloria Osai Bafu. Franco Pokubohin. We want to thank you so much for coming. We'll go into our prayer, but before we do so, there's a text I want us to read quickly and then we can pray. Frank, please read for us Acts chapter 17, verse. That is the verse 11. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. The Bible says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and said the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Amen. Amen. A very important text as we pray so that we can understand our scripture. Gloria, please pray with us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. This is another opportunity to learn your words. We ask that we hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With the scripture we just read, um, what did the apostles and members of the early church do when they were confronted with difficult questions? Uh, Frank, what do you think? When they were confronted with difficult questions, probably they have already read that the scripture interprets itself. And so they did not look any other place for interpretation than to go back to the scripture. What they did, the essence is that sometimes you may read certain things and because you are reading them in isolation, you may not get the understanding. So you have to get several other texts or passages that talk about the same subject and that in doing so, you get more understanding. And so probably because they might have read the fact that scripture interprets scripture, they went in to search for other details on the subject so that it will broaden their understanding in the scripture. So as Bible students, that is how we also go, should go about our study of the scripture. So that things will become easier for us to understand. I think that is one point which talks about uh, the scriptural part of interpreting scripture. Then there's also another interesting and very important point, which I think most of the times we lose sight of actually. But uh, Gloria, what's the second point that we need to look at when we want to understand scripture? Approaching it prayerfully. If whenever we come, we encounter any scripture that we deem difficult, uh, we are admonished to approach the Spirit of God that revealed this in His scriptures. So the Spirit avails this truth unto us. Uh, again, in prayer, our motives are laid open before God. So God read the intents of our hearts and having exposed our willingness to learn His, His, His scripture, His will. He would bestow that unto us, just as he has promised that we should freely ask of anything and then he will answer us. Again, when we approach uh, to understand scripture through prayer, we, we are told that God 
opens our eyes and grants us that willing spirit to be able to follow. Because when there's that willingness, that is when the truth comes starkly to us because you are ready to accept it. You do not even block your understanding to accept whatever it is. And before you can have that, it still has to do with what? Prayer. Because it is the Spirit of God that would grant us all that. And that's when this is done, prayerfully, prayerfully, then that would help confirm and then build upon what we have uh, uh, read from other other sources as well as the scripture and help us understand scripture better. Thank you so much. So we should approach scripture or we should approach dealing dif- with difficult texts scripturally and then prayerfully. All too soon, my dear listener, we have come to the end of another interesting session where we have seen dealing with difficulties that is scripturally and then prayerfully. Maybe we have a word from Frank and then we can uh, put the curtain down on this session. Like I mentioned earlier, a very good guide for us in this very contest of scripturally identifying the meaning of certain things, we can pick something from Isaiah chapter 28 verse 10, which reads, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. If we do that, we are on course. Adding prayer, the Holy Spirit will grant us the needed understanding. The Holy Spirit will indeed, indeed grant us the needed understanding. And that's what we pray for you out there our cherished friend. We want to enter a season of prayer that the Lord will help us so we can deal with difficulties scripturally and prayerfully. Please pray with us, Gloria. Thank you once again, our Lord. Anytime we come to you, you grant us our heart desires. Father, we are asking again that even to understand the scripture, we need to come to you and then go by your words. Please grant us this willingness to do according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we come your way again, our wonderful friend, tomorrow Friday to put together all that we have been doing so far in a summary and see how best we can interpret scripture. Stay blessed, my dear friend. My dear friend and listener, by the grace of God, we, we, are, we are alive today. And I want to welcome you to another edition of the program, Law Matters. I believe the law matters to you, so does it matter to me. And today, I'm privileged to have Lawyer Mafo with us, and he's going to help us discuss the topic, Law and Morality. This is Adventist World Radio, and I entreat you to stay tuned as we discuss Law and Matters. Law Matters. Lawyer Francis, uh, Lawyer Mafo, Lawyer Mafo, Clement Mafo, Lawyer. You are welcome once again to uh, today's edition of Law Matters. Thank you very much. Okay. Today, too, we, we, we are privileged to discuss the topic law and morality. The other edition, we looked at the Christian as a lawyer and how the Christian can um, spread the gospel or uh, showcase God even as he, he, he intercedes on people's behalf. In fact, you help us with biblical examples of people who also uh, do the work of a lawyer. Today we want we want, want to go into a little detail of um, um, the law and then morality. What the Bible says, or what what religion teaches, and what the law, taking the religion out, also teaches, and we try to marry the two. First of all, um, you have already helped us discuss what law is. 
Um, what is morality? We talk about moral. What, what, what are morals? You see, generally speaking, morals can be termed as good morals or bad morals. Good moral simply means when you do something that pleases the society within which you find yourself, anything, your attitude, your character, your behavior, the way you talk, when all these things, whatever you do, pleases the society, then you may have that good moral. On the other side, when your actions, your inactions, your character, your behavior, the way you speak, your attitudes, disgusts the society within which you find yourself, then you have bad morals. So morality, as it were, can be divided into two major groups, good morals and bad morals. Okay, so set of codes, that guys are conduct. That is true. Okay. So there are instances where you may do things that you think are good. But in the eyes of your society, they are not good. If whatever you are doing in the eyes of your society is very bad, then you have bad morals. So you conduct yourselves to the satisfaction of the society within which you find yourself. Then you have good morals. Okay, that's fine. Okay, lawyer, are there times, based on the explanation you are giving us, are there times that um, the provisions of the Bible or the religion we find ourselves in especially Christian, the principles of Christianity, are there times that they will conflict with that of the laws of the country? You see, whatever God has said can never be bad and can never be against the society in which you live. And therefore, if only the congregation or the religious body within which you find yourself, that's exactly what the Bible teaches us to do, then it will never conflict with the laws of the society. So your religion, the practices of your religion, will obviously determine whether or not what you are doing is against society. But if only you are following the rigid laws of the Lord from the Bible, then it will be very hard for one to say that what you are doing is against the laws of the society. Oh, okay. Um, that, so what I'm get, getting is there are no specific laws or there are no laws that would necessarily go contrary to the, the, the provisions of the, of the Bible. I mean, we are talking as Christians. But let's, let's say, um, have, have there been times that maybe people from other religions, they have practices or beliefs that um, um, to us, are contrary to the provisions of I don't want us to limit the discussion to just Christianity, the other religions. So uh, is it possible for any religion to have teachings that wouldn't agree with that of the society we, we, we live in? You see, um when you take the Bible as a decoy, then we are saying that there are certain religions that does not conform to the teachings of the Bible. Sure. And therefore there are so many things that they do which will go against the Bible. As a Christian, if you're in the Christian community and such a thing happens, then obviously that religion is going against the Bible and the teachings of the Lord. Those same religions also have things that they do which will go against giving societies. Why? Because 
what they are doing in the eyes of another community might be against their laws. However, because they live in different jurisdictions, they might have also created laws that will seal them. And those laws will not be the same or will not be palatable for another jurisdiction. For instance, if uh, you live in Papua New Guinea, the laws governing Papua New Guinea may not necessarily be the same as the laws of Malawi. And therefore, what you can do in Malawi by the law of Malawi cannot be done in Papua New Guinea by the laws of Papua New Guinea. So to the Malawians, it can be diabolic, but here it is the other way around. So it depends upon the kind of religion you found yourself in and the kind of community within which you live and the kind of laws that you have in the said community. Okay, okay. Okay, now let's narrow our discussion to Christianity and the, the Bible and the, uh, the law. Um, we have been entreated as Christians to um, be law-abiding citizens. So, um, we should, in as much as it's good to obey God, we have to obey the authorities of our society also. Now, when there's a conflict between the provisions of the society and that of the Bible, what God is saying, let's say that God has given us some specific or explicit instructions, and those instructions do not conform with what the society is saying. As a Christian, what do you do? Obviously, as a Christian, whenever your personal or your societal laws supersedes the word of God in your eyes, then I think you have to go in for the, words, the, the, the laws of the Lord than that of your personal and your societal laws. So I am saying that when two or one law conflicts with that of the Almighty God, then the, that of Almighty God supersedes, supersedes wow. is higher than any other law. Okay. Uh, for instance, there are many laws in various jurisdictions where the law allows a man to marry more than a wife. Okay. However, as a Christian, in as much as this law is in your community and that you can marry more than a wife, if you're a true Christian and you believe in the fact that Paul once said, if as a man, if even you can, you shouldn't have married. But for the sake of you standing firm, working for the Lord, every man has, must get one wife. You choose and marry only one wife. However, your society also allows you to marry more than one. Okay. That is why we are saying that you have to cho choose the, way, uh, the, the law of the Lord than the laws of your land. Okay. In the eyes of the society where you find yourself, marrying two or three is not a crime before the, the, the land. However, as a Christian, in the eyes of the Lord, marrying more than one is a crime. So you, you, so, so you, you, you leave that one and you follow the God's ways. So what about situations where um, failure to observe those laws have consequences, penal consequences? Definitely we thank God that in all laws that we have in this world, uh, there is no such law that if, if it contradicts with that of God and you decide to take the part of the Lord is punishable. I haven't seen such a law before. As I gave you this example earlier on, you see, in as much as your society will allow you to marry more than um, one wife, if you choose to marry a single wife, you will never be punished by your land or the laws of your land. 
You understand? So it means always wherever the two come together, that of the Lord prevails. Praise be to the Lord. You know, so whenever there is a law where the two conflict, uh, obviously that of the Lord prevails. Okay, very well. Lawyer, we, we, we have been admonished as, as Christians to be forgiving. We should forgive our brothers even as they uh, err against us. They say to forgive is, to, to, uh, to, to err is human and to forgive, forgive is divine. divine. So the Lord entreats us to forgive our, our, our brethren. Let's, let me give you this scenario. I'm a Christian. Um, someone rapes my daughter, for example. Um, the, the Bible is saying I should forgive. But the laws of the land is also saying that once someone rapes your daughter, it becomes an offense. So the law should take its course. As a Christian who wants to obey God, I am comforted with this scenario. Lawyer, how, how would you help me out? You see, in our laws, it is when you make official complaint of a certain crime that the law will take action. Okay. Therefore, as a Christian, when you are confronted with this scenario and you believe, you think and believe that you will forgive, then you won't go, obviously, to report at the police station for the, the law to take its course. Is that the right thing? As a Christian, as a Christian, I don't think it is bad for you to keep quiet for the Lord to take the vengeance upon himself. But as you said earlier, when, when we started, we were looking at immorality and other things. There are people who pass through the system, but they, they don't allow the system to pass through them. Okay. And therefore, whether or not he's a Christian, he will still go to police station, report the matter. That is him, morality, thinking about God and himself. You, he can never be blamed. But when you report the matter to the police, obviously the law will take its course. But when you choose and decide not to report this matter to police because you want to forgive, I know very well as human beings, you, you, you get insults from here and there. People will insult you, tag you with so many names. But because you believe in God and you have decided to follow Jesus Christ to the letter, you have not reported. No matter how silly people may call you, you keep quiet. It is also you. It's part of the morality that we're talking about. But if you, you also decide that as a literate, as a big man, as a well-known person, I don't want to be disgraced, people will insult me, so I'll go to police station and report that somebody has raped my daughter and the case is ca carried out. It is also you, your morality, how you think, how you feel. And the law also will take its, its course. I mean, the, 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 the traditional law or your societal law will take its course. So, uh, I'm very happy we discussed and explained the, the bad morals and the good morals, whichever way you take. Because at the end of the day, God will judge people by their instincts. Okay. It is the instinct, instincts, how you think, how you feel, whether or not it is good, whether or not it is going against the God's law, whether or not it is right, how you feel, how you think. God will just come and judge people according to your instinct. You understand? So... For you to report, I cannot tell you it's good or bad. For you not to report, I cannot tell you it's good or it's bad because you're a Christian. However, the onus of the matter is that, are you a Christian who has decided to follow Jesus all the way to heaven? Well, yeah, I, I asked that question because um, there are the occasions that people do say, you know, we, we, um, um, we, we are told that um, when when you 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 kind of wrong someone the um the little education i had was that um 
there, there are two sides to a case. Let's say there are some that are civil. That one, it is the individual that who can take the matter to court. But once you do something that, that is termed criminal, then it means you, you, you have wronged the whole society. And so you need to appease kind of for the society. You get the point. And so with that, as a Christian, I want to forgive. Um, can't I say, even though I've forgiven you, but the law needs to take its course. I am not the one doing it because you have wronged the state. The state should take its course. How, so, how, do you, how, how do you... I think it's a very interesting scenario you're creating. However, as a Christian, I will ask you, if I've wronged the state and the state has to take its own laws and operate or use it, why didn't you keep quiet for the state to come and report the matter and carry out the, 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 the law? Rather than you going to the police station. So what if someone does that on my, on my behalf? Let's say I live then in a the community. Then the person will carry on and do it. It is his case. It's not your case. But I have an interest. Let's say it's, it's my daughter. Or I'm robbers come to my house. People... And so so <laughs> when you have interest in any matter, it means it is your matter. Very simple. I understand it that way. It is only when you don't have any interest in it. Okay. Once you have interest in the matter, it means it is your matter that you want to pursue. Very simple. The word interest uh, in, in, in our parlance, in, in English, is so interesting. But when you come to legal terms, when you say interest, it means you have, you, you love it. You want it to go on the way the law wants to go on. You are happy. It, it has to happen. You have to get vengeance. The interest, that is the meaning. But when you don't have any interest, it means you have closed your eyes, folded your arms, let it go. So, if you have interest, then it means it's still your matter. You have reported invariably. You are ready to you are ready to lead evidence. You are ready to witness the public, to testify, to agree that the person did it, and indeed the person needs punishment. So he has to be punished. That is what you are telling the whole society when you have interest in the matter. However, if you don't have interest in the matter because you have forgiven, as you said, then what it means is that even if they call you to come and witness, you tell them you don't have any interest in the matter. And therefore, you will not give any evidence to same. And the state or whoever sent the matter there is handicapped. But, lawyer, don't you think by, by taking that, that route, uh, we will be encouraging people to send or to, to involve in more crimes? Because the person does this to me, I say I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to court. The, 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 next person, you, the, the, the next time you see that the person does the same thing to another person. So if we decide to let the law take its course, more or less, yes, we are, we are being Christian, but don't you think we would be encouraging people to, to, to send more? Excellent. You see, when you put yourself in the semicircle of Christians, the Bible will tell you, forgive seven times times 77. You are there. When you put yourself in the societal realm, then it means you want the person to be punished. And the whole thing depends on you. You. So if you come to the site, yes, report the person. Let the law take its course. Now when you go home, ask yourself whether or not what we did is what Jesus would have done if Jesus had been here, if you were a Christian, and you think you want to forgive. In as much as you are reporting the matter to the police, does not make you a sinner or a bad person. But the question is, are you forgiving the person per the doctrines of the Bible? Forgiving somebody seven times times 77? Or you want the person to be punished so that he will not do the same to other people. All these things must be looked at as it were as a Christian. So the interest counts, right? Like, like the, the intention, the intention it, behind it. It is the matter. It doesn't count. It is the matter. The matter it itself. It is the matter. Okay, okay. Well, we're having a very good discussion, but it, it, it appears that time is fast spent. Maybe the next time we meet, we'll, we'll discuss this. But lawyer, um, th thanks for, for, for the education.
but we, we, we are tempted to believe that sometimes as Christians, um, um, we, we can forgive. But when it, comes, when it gets to a point that the law needs to take its course, I, I don't think we should, we should try to stand in the, in, the way, in the way of the law. If I should choose your own ways, as Christians, uh, I don't want you to say that, personally, I think you can I, I don't want you to say we can't forgive. As Christians, we should forgive. Okay. I think that word will be, you know, better for me. As Christians, we should forgive. Okay. That is it. But, personally, I think if the law itself finds its way to take its own course, then Without where you. you don't have any hand in it, okay. then it's not your fault. Okay. So then, then, then what I'm taking from, from this argument is that uh, we, Christians shouldn't uh, uh, assess the, 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 the work of lawyers. <laughs> that, is, that is the impression I'm getting. Maybe they have gotten another job to assess lawyers. Rather than that, why do you assess lawyers? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any case. You know, like you want to assess the services of a lawyer. Why? The question is why? Maybe to go to court. They also need to work. <laughs> okay, viewers, I believe we have, we have had a very good discussion. The program has been Law Matters. Thank you for listening to us and we'll come your way same time next week. God bless you. We would like to hear from you. So call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849. Plus 233-50 one five six one eight four nine you can also email us at the address adventist world radio gh at gmail.com adventist world radio gh at gmail.com you can also write a letter to us using the postal address adventist world radio ghana northern ghana union mission of adventists p.o box ks17564 Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. AWR Ghana, voice of hope. Voice of hope.